1: Well, it is basically Christmas Day for super Coaches here. NRL Supercoach, teamless Tuesday for the very first time in 2021. It's been a long off-season, but the home stretch is here. Teams are in. Supercoaches are scrambling to find their round one side. JT here joined by Lakey on the other side, master of the mega guide, uh, Mr. Captains himself. How are you, mate? How- happy TLT. Happy
0: Listmas. I saw the... Hashtag doing the rounds today. I thought it was great. Um,
1: yeah. How pumped are we? Fantastic. Oh mate, it was. I don't know. A little bit of a, a a downer. I thought um we were preparing for some carnage as there always is. Just wild cheapies out of nowhere. Nothing really fell into our laps. And um, I don't know. No real shakeups coming out from the coaches there. Did you see anything exciting, or was it a little bit um like the cyclone I was stuck in up in Cairns last week? Mm-hmm. A little bit underwhelming. Mate, that's what you want
0: though. You don't want your, your off-season plans thrown into disarray five minutes after the season officially kicks off. So it was good to see some teams that were expecting. Um, our teams can pretty much stay as they were from you know midday today or however many iterations you made it before the four o'clock deadline. But yeah, mm. so it was good.
1: That's it. We've had much worse TLTs, and Wenon thankfully hasn't um, you know, typed his fingers to the bone. Plenty of typos in those fingers, though. Wenon, jeez, get that stuff sorted out. First SC report of the year. We've done some preseason pods with all of the Mega Guide riders, and this is down to business. This is the real deal now. A couple of days out from round one, Thursday night, Melbourne, and jeez, Melbourne and who? God damn, South, I'm already... <laughs> it's South, <sounds>, mate. <laughs> Thank it's God for saving me. There. It's a blockbuster. I have spent Oh, boy, I thought uh, we might have the chooks there. But no, they'll be uh, later on in the week there. But we can't even get the first game right. That's how, uh, that's how much of a whirlwind this has been. First SC report, it's going to be a uh, pretty comprehensive one here. It's you and I to go through all all the nitty gritty coming out from tlt but we'll go through some other stuff throughout the pod as well firstly because these are often quite a, a big sort of uh well they're popular at the start of the season when everyone's playing before they've deleted teams we'll just go back to basics briefly and talk about some of the um the must knows for any new super coaches out there who are listening uh, we'll check in on who the mega guide riders brought in and out of their sides come 3 p.m uh, real time that is queensland time today as soon as the team's dropped, who got the flick, who got brought in, Um, what yours and my teams currently look like uh, as of what is Tuesday night here, who our captains and uh, vice-captain picks are for the week, and we'll close out by drawing the winner of the NRL Supercoach Champions ring that we put up as part of the Mega Guide earlier this year. So everyone who entered into the Mega Guide or bought a Mega Guide uh, went into the running here to win a ring that's... well. Pretty flashy looking. I think Wenon's got it currently on uh, in his possession there, but it looks good, mate. You'll be doing the drawing uh, for that one. Have you taken out some of the uh, the site contributors from that list? Is it a fair draw? Yeah, everyone but myself because I want that ring. It looks <laughs> it looks
0: slick. It's really nice. Um, if we haven't, we should probably put it up on the um, on the old Twitter Twitter sphere to everyone have a look at. They're awesome. It's worth $99 and we're giving it away um, to one person who's bought the Mega Guide. But um, you can just jump on and we'll get that website um, for everybody. But um, you can jump on to the Super Coach Champions or something along the lines of that. (laughs) I've butchered it, but
1: we'll get the actual address for you. You can go in there and purchase your own. They're awesome. Awesome. Supercoach champion rings, mate. The nerves are getting to us, eh? Can't even remember who's playing bloody round one first game. <laughs> you can't remember our wonderful sponsors. Anyway, we'll put the link up to their site in the details of this podcast here. So, as I said, it's going to be quite a big one here. And before we get started with all the TLT news and all the mega guide, all the stuff that we've done, as I said, let's go back to basics. So. Supercoach NRL 25 rounds you pick 17 players a week to score including four reserves so make sure that you tick the R against their name before you enter your well lockout for round one starting this Thursday night so make sure any new players out there you've got 17 players in your lineup and they've got the little R next to their names I was caught out as a new supercoach player back in my day uh, quite a few years ago I'm not doing that were you the same no, um, I don't. Genius. Yeah, no,
0: yeah. I'm just pedantic. That's all it is. But I remember a year, a couple, um, probably going back five or six years now, but any team who didn't have the R on it didn't register for round one or something like that. So there was a bit of um, controversy in that one. Guys who would have had a decent score didn't even have their team registered for round one. But yeah, so make sure you're right across it. You got your four reserves ticked in. Um, you've got your vice captain and captain named. Just spend a little bit extra time this week making sure all your selections are just
1: perfect. That's it. Wow, perfection, hey? So, you're going to be run- number one. You've got to aim to be number one at the end of this round here. Get Num- Number fire. two behind myself, obviously. <laughs> righty champ. 37 trades in total. So, unfortunately, unlike last year, we're not going to get be able to burn trades basically every single round uh, like they gifted us with COVID. So, you've got to use these guys wisely. If you use two a week, which is the maximum there, you'll burn them all out by round 19, which will leave you running into the home straight pretty nervy watching some of these games with all the injuries carnage prices will increase for all the players after their third game played so any up-and-coming rookies who are nabbing some tries early you have a bit of time before you have to jump on them and they get too far out of reach um Everything else there, all the acronyms, all the terms that we use are all going to be covered on the nrlsupercoachtalk.com site. Wenon is putting together a Supercoach for Dummies article there. He might need a refresher himself, given some of the chat he's thrown in the off-season there. But anyone who's new to the game might be a little unfamiliar with the terms we're throwing out. Make sure you're all across that during the week here when he puts that up. All right, Lakey, 3 p.m. today. It was obviously everyone's refreshing their phone, making sure that they're across all the news that dropped. As we said, it wasn't too... Uh, overwhelming and, and thankfully no major um, downers there in the team lists. But uh, what did you do when the first names were announced? Who was your first picked into your side, and who was the first kicked out?
0: Well, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to actually go through and make too many changes. Um, I'm, I'm still working from home at the moment. So, actually, the first thing I did was crack a beer and go through the nice. teams. Um, but I, I haven't made too many changes. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find
1: a way to get Matt Moylan out of my team and bring um, Josh Hodgson into it. Mm. Very interesting, the Hodgson uh, naming. No Tom Starling on the bench there makes him a big play. Uh, I asked all the other site contributors and the Mega Guide writers here. So, Wilfred, his first move was to ditch Jake Simpkin for the Tigers. He's not named in the 17 either. And bring in Tex Hoy, one of your boys. Yeah, um, it's an um- interesting play. <laughs> It's a funny pick that
0: um, Wilf was saying not that long ago that he saw Hoy as a bit of a trap, so I'm a bit surprised to say see he's gone back down that route. I mean, he's no, only been no, to last round four. Yeah, it's probably, you know, throwing, throwing out Classic. decoys. Classic.
1: Classic Z there <laughs> Let's steer everyone off the course and go, go an absolute uh, yeah out of nowhere like Tex Hoy. You know something we don't. Classic Wenon, the uh, the guy that's written all the team list analysis today on the site. There, he's brought in. Uh, Sorry, he's taken out Damian Cook and brought in Chuck Liddell, uh, Jake Little from the Tigers there. He's got some very big upside with a lot of big minutes probably coming his way this week with no backup hooker, Jake Simpkin there. So he was splashing a lot of cash out on... On Cook, he's no longer there. Styles, our mailman, who will be uh, back in force from this Thursday. Sam Curran, unfortunately, didn't make the cut for the Warriors there. They had earmarked him as potentially getting a starting second row spot. Um, and he's brought back, I never thought I'd see the day, he's brought back Terrell Fui Moono. Mate, do you remember um disastrous trade last year about midway through the year? mate. Midway through? We heard about it for weeks weeks. He was filthy
0: on himself. So, to refresh everybody who may not remember, uh, Stolzee had a plan. I can't remember who he was trying to bring in. He missed... Bradman Best. Bradman Best. There you go. He missed the lockout of that night's game and in a panic went to the next best option in Fui Ono, and it just blew up in his face. Absolutely blew up in his face. Cost him a trade. Cost him a ton of money. And um, he's going back to the well. So... Very uh brave man or goldfish type
1: <laughs> Oh, poor Stilesy. someone check uh someone give him a little welfare check there, well, at least Fuimono this year he 's named it Locke to start the year for the dragons that 's what 's caught his eye he 's not going to be floating around on the edges there, um, tackling no one and running nothing, so hopefully a bit more base coming his way. Um, myself, the first thing I did, I got rid of Ryan James, who was the highest or lowest price second row forward that I had and actually went enough. So enough for uh, anyone who's not familiar is someone who's not playing in round one bargain basement, Caleb Milne. Um, I'll talk a little bit about why, but it's basically, I'm trying to fit in every single cheapy or someone that's close to bottom dollar because I've got far too much money splashed across the likes of Tedesco, Cleary, Walker, um, some of the pro- forwards there, talks. Matto, Crichton, how do you fit all these guys in? Well, we do not have enough cheapies to go around, particularly in the second row. So instead of splashing out all the this sort of money on some mid-range plotters or guys above Bargain Basement, I've decided to go early on the Nuff. And I know it's not a, the done thing, and Caleb Milne's probably not going to play a game this year, so I won't even have that bye week um, benefit if he was to come into the Shark side and play a game to provide me some coverage there. So I've gone pure Nuff. Um yeah, it's it's nothing. I've, it's something I've never done before, but I was just trying to squeeze in all of these um, guys like Gazewski, Corey Waddell, Fui Maono as, as styles he's done. And I've just said, you know, screw it. I'm going to go enough early, get a bottom dollar cheapie in there and spend the cash on someone a little bit better in and around those spots. Um, am I crazy? I don't think
0: so. Um, I, d- I don't hate it because there's every chance you get Fui Maono or Gazewski and they just... Um, plot along and, you know, you spent an extra 100K for them to not make any money or provide you with any scores worthy to play in your 17. So, they're just sitting on your bench taking up cash for no apparent reason. So, may as well have enough doing that and able to spend the money elsewhere. Um, I saw a similar um, ploy, a similar strategy today where someone has started the year with seven NPRs. Ooh, brave. um, yeah, just the same sort of concept. They've gone all bottom dollar NPRs with the idea of just jamming as many top guns in as they can to hopefully get off to a flyer, but then you're just sort of limiting yourself with any cash generation. So sort of a, a, a mid-range between that. I, I don't hate the idea of starting with enough. It's not something I try to do, but it is um, it is a genuine um, strategy and and you've got someone there who you can throw the um, captaincy on if you want to try that loop.
1: Exactly, it's not always the uh, you know an easy option to do so early in the year, but we've got a guy like James Tedesco in our side there who we know can go absolutely ballistic. Um so if you you've got the option to stick the VC on him each week, um, if he goes, you know, that 150 plus then Caleb Milne, come on down, you're my captain. Young man, but yeah, that's that's another avenue there that I liked as well. Although some of the other guys I've got floating around aren't gonna score big, so it would need to be a pretty large score from my vice captain. But anyway, that's allowed me to splash some cash elsewhere. I haven't had to sacrifice too much in points generation from my core 17. So uh, that's why I've gone enough. There was just simply not enough cheapies to go around. All right, mate. Um, I've talked a little bit about what my side looks like. So before we get into the teamless news, um, talk to me about your side. What um, does Lakey Supercoach25 currently look like? Uh, it's it's
0: evolving, <laughs> can I say. I've I've gone back after our discussion uh, earlier in the year with the Roosters chat and I said I wasn't starting with Teddy. I've seen the light. I've got him in the team. Um, he, him and Pappenhausen are anchoring my side there. I've got Cleary, Crichton-Madison um, as my guns, um, starting with um, Brian Kelly in the center wing.
1: Mm, really, I r- like it.
0: I really like to have uh, a solid, dependable center wing option in there. So I've gone with Kelly. Gone a bit pricey in the props with uh, Farsuam Ali. How did, how did I go? Nailed it. Yep. Yeah, and a Christian Welch. Seven out of ten. I'll take
1: that. But we've come a long way with that oh, guy. I tell you that Tino F. When he, yeah, when he first started out in this game, we spent I don't know how long trying to work this name out. We had Anton come on the podcast and and you know, school us on it. And I think we finally sort of coming around to it. I think even Ray Warren might be getting averse to it as well. So um, Tino F. Yeah, he's he's in mind as well. Lovely. it. Jeez, by the time we actually nailed that name,
0: Ray might have retired. In another 50 or so years. (laughs) But, yeah. That too much money, mate. So, I've got a fair few guns. I've got, you know, your your generic um, cheapies in the center wings and whatnot. um, Say I'll be making a a fair few changes over the next couple of days trying to get that absolutely right heading
1: into Thursday night. So, I'm going to rattle off my cheapies in center wing here and just stop me if there's someone that you don't have. Charlie Staines. Got him. Pussatua. Got him. Dane Laurie. Got him. Bailey Simonson. Got him. Jason Salve. I don't.
0: Oh, no. why not? Um, I There was a few whispers out a week or so ago saying that he may not front up for round one because he had a bit of a niggle. So, I just took him out in um, preparation of that not happening. Um, but now he is there so I can bring him in. But I've got James Roberts there at the moment. Um, I'm just I'm struggling with the idea of for 40K – uh for the sake of forty thousand you know dollars um dropping back to Saab, who's playing in a manly side who I think's really gonna struggle to put points on the board mm. so um just I'm tossing up that decision at the moment, but if I need an extra forty k there's a easy drop down there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Saab thing's not without its risk um, given he's in what's likely to be a pretty poor side to start the year. But the the thing with center wings that makes them a bit different in supercoach is that they only need to fall over the line once or twice even and they make a stack of cash. Um, you, know, you can put them in your side on matchups, all that sort of stuff. And it makes cheapies like you know, Saab and Tessie New and even James Roberts for that price. there a little bit more handy than some of the ones we've got at front row who you know, are questionable for minutes and um, their position in the side even so i don't know a guy like um saab i think he you know he's in a side that might struggle but all he needs is one or two tries to get that um get that price rising so yeah i'd be interested to see where you land there and i assume the last one you've got there is Tezzy new did mention I do. his name i do that's right yep. yep i think um just about everyone would have some sort of combination with a lot of those guys it's in gonna it. be
0: a fairly standard center wing lineup um you know we've got as much as people are saying we don't have the cheapies and you said it yourself we don't have the cheapies we don't have those basement price guys there is actually 50 players under 300k named um for round one and 20 of those are starting um Mm, and then and then you've got you know lamb and milford on top of that who are only an extra five or 10k above that so there's plenty of cheaper options that we can use to fill out our sides but they're just As I said, there's no basement guys, which is what we really want.
1: Mm, that's exactly right there So, um, okay, no no real surprises from you there, although I do like the Brian Kelly move there, I think it's um, I mean, I haven't gone a, a premium price centre wing there, but if you're going to pot up in a position, it's uh, 100% there right now, so if uh, everyone's sort of got the same cookie-cutter side there, that could be where you target um, maybe a, a lot of Penrith players, a lot of Storm players, even a lot of Rabbitohs to start the year So, interested to see what some people come up with as their combination there. Any other last minute things on your team mate no i don't think so i think it's all
0: again pretty standard across the line
1: i didn't um ask this before i didn't um, go into too much detail with my side but uh true or false i currently do not have michael morgan in my side false Yes, thank you. He's absolutely on that side. <laughs> he's uh, got the reserve armband, a little purple shading over him as well. Uh, depending on how I feel like clear he's pulled up, I might even swap him in and, and chuck the chuck the C on him as I did last year. You yeah, know, no, why not? Real- he's got
0: that real easy first round matchup against the Panthers. So, he's he's almost a certainty for a tonne.
1: Year of the ambush, year of the cowboy, here we come. Um, All right, mate, that's uh, that's our teams. That's what the Mega Guide guys have done. Let's get into the team news coming out of today. Got a new soundboard, mate. I had to, uh, had to get that very going professional. You. And it's going again. That's how good we are. It's, it's very professional. Again. It's a work in progress here on the SC Report. But uh, some new sounds, new flavours coming out for the year. So, this is actually the first. didn't mention it from the top. Our first Teamless Tuesday pod for the year. We're going to try and make this a regular thing. So, we'll drop a, a Teamless list. out every tuesday night and follow it with the uh the more sort of regular trade talk um we tend to blend them all into one and it goes far too long so this will spread the love around so this is our first iteration obviously some teething problems i don't even remember who was playing in the first game i pressed the news uh sound twice so it's all happening here on the sc report Let's start with uh, this mystery game, mate. Storm and the Rabbitohs. So for the Storm, interesting Branko Lee still out with a hamstring injury, replaced by Remus Smith and George Jennings will slot into the wing. Sadly, that means no Iremia for the Storm, who has uh, got a run in the trials there and impressed. He's the bargain basement cheapie that's just recently been added to the super Coach and to the Storm's top 30 squad. So hopefully down the track there we see some um, minutes from Iremia. Naz Welsh and Jesse Bromwich, Nelson and Serfa Solomona, will all start the game as well. So obviously uh, Dale Finucane's injury has opened up some minutes there and I'll Of course, Brandon Smith taking over from Harry Grant. They don't really lose much there. Um, For the Bunnies, what's happening with them? Uh, It's a pretty standard lineup for the Bunnies, uh, what
0: we thought it would be. Latrell's back, um, anchoring the side. Mansour comes onto the right wing, um, replacing... uh, Is it Paxson? Polo. Jackson Uh, Polo. Jackson. Jackson Polo. (laughs) Paxson Jolo. Um, yeah, so Mansour's there. I, I was a bit sceptical of how he was going to um, front up, being that he was in the second half side for that Charity Shield match, so I thought he might be a bit on the outer, but, no, he's he's back in the side. Um, you got Walker, Reynolds, Cook. They're always going to be there. Host starts on the edge uh, with Jaden Sewer, and um, Benji is in the number 14, which...
1: What's he actually going to do? I'm not what's, sure. What's I was just about to there? say the
0: same thing. I do not know why he's been named there. I guess it's just as cover. Um, maybe in case Latrell's hammy is a bit of an issue, they can switch out some um those backline guys. But yeah, it's a bit of a strange pick. And they say, Jay Arrow uh, wearing the number 17 jersey, which I think is good news for Murray. Murray should see big minutes at the 13. And I think Jay will rotate through the middle. Um, seen as the koala and Mark Nichols are the other forwards on the bench, so should be big minutes for Murray now.
1: Yeah, I mean let's start with him then as a, a player to watch. So obviously the the worry coming into the gear was that Jairu would take his spot there or take minutes um, from him at, at the least. There, Murray sort of floated around at that hour long. Uh, Mark when he was moved back to lock there. So he was reasonably handy last year, but do you reckon there's much upside this season? Are we to see not necessarily a bounce back because he was still quite good last year, but is there much um, that you'd be attacking or or trying to bring a a player like Murray into your side for from round one?
0: Uh, Probably not from round one. I think there are better options to start the year with, but I wouldn't begrudge anybody starting with him. Um, He finished the year... Really well. He went 61 73, 77 54, 57 87, 101 to close out um, 2020. But um, yeah, so the concern there was what Arrow was going to do to him, uh, how he was going to, you know, there was talk that Arrow was going to play lock and Murray was going to be out wide, which would, you know, greatly affect his base stats, his power stats, and that sort of stuff, bring his scoring down um, across the board. But yeah, I still think he'll be playing, you know, 60, 65 minutes, um, possibly up towards 70 if the the game's going that way. I just want to see how it goes. I just want to give it a few weeks, see how the rotation is, see how Murray's being used. And, um, you know, Bennett's hard to read at the best of times.
1: Mm. Yeah, I don't suspect in the circumstances he's a regression candidate. He's going to fall back from last year, but, um, yeah, I don't think he, there's much room to grow there. So as you said, interesting one to watch. Some of the, the storm guys here, um, start at the top that I've got Christian Welsh. So a bit. Spare, said about him in the offseason here, um, given he was pretty handy, he had a breakout super coach year last year towards the back end when he was getting big minutes as a starting prop. He was at, averaging around 60 points a game, which for where he's currently priced around that 460, 70 odd K mark uh, means there's some room to grow. So thankfully with, uh, well, for him, with Fanukin's injury, it, it buys him some time in the starting spot. Uh, possibly 5 or 6 weeks is that enough to sway you to start him from round 1 at somewhat of a cut price
0: yeah i think so he's um he's on a 51 average he he had last year um as you said he finished the year really strong but what i found interesting is that he was named at 10 and nas was named at um lock um mm. so nas is not traditionally a big minute player um, then they've got Chris Lewis in the 14 who played all of 165 minutes last year. Um, Tui, that's sh- a long game. Wow. Yeah, it was a big game with triple overtime. Yeah. Um, Tui came uh, should step up a bit more this year. He'll fill in some minutes, and then Tom Eisenhuth, who um, only averaged he averaged 38 minutes per game, but three of his games um, that were 80 minutes. Um, two of those were in the center wing and one was in round 20 when the Storm were resting a bunch of players. So uh, you take those out. He played 25 minutes per game. So they're not really big minute forwards on the bench and Nico Hines is in the 17 as a as a utility. So it could mean really big minutes for Welch um, with, you know, so Nass maybe rotating through to give him a rest here and there. But it's really enticing to see, how he's going to be used, and I think he's going to have a huge uptick.
1: It's so good to to hear from him as well, given he's had so much bad luck with injury that uh, it finally looks like he's um, on a roll of sorts. Um, interesting as well, Jesse Bromwich is, is there, and one would say he's probably in the twilight of his um, his career he's, he's fallen definitely away in terms of super coach relevance um, but he's in the starting spot there his um, his minutes have been on a steady sort of decline he's only sitting at 49 last year as well so there's not a, a lot of room to grow for Jesse so as you said if anyone's to benefit it's probably Welsh so he forms a pretty interesting play there um, a couple of backline guys for the storm firstly Remus Smith um, somewhat of a, a target here for people who just want to get an avenue into the storm side here he's um one of the cheapest players you can pick up in that back line there, sitting at just three hundred and twenty five K. New signing. He's starting at center for this game, but will probably bump out to the wing once Branko Lee returns. Um, is he someone you're targeting at, or is the whole allure of um, the storm back line just a bit of a supercoach illusion? No, I've had Remus in my in and out of my team all preseason. I really like
0: you, you look at what the Fox and uh, Vinabalu have been able to do. They've never been huge scorers across an entire season, but they're they're at that 50-55 um, range. And so that's about 100K, maybe 150K that Remus has to grow um, if if he's, you know, scoring at the same rate. But it's a big ask um, being the, the caliber of those players that I just mentioned, but, you know, the Storm love to throw the ball out wide and attack down the edges, and R- Remus could be on the back of a um, a nice shift where Pappenhausen breaks a line or something like that. And, you know, players are going to be looking out for him and Munster and Hughes across the park now, so it's going to open the edges for the Storm wingers to slot a few easy ones. I think
1: that's it. And he's not really a rookie anymore. He's played twenty three odd games in 2019-14 last season as well. So, but at a new club in. And pretty good signs for him, I guess, that he's named at center. So, that shows, I guess, his job security is where he'd want it to be if you're picking him up. But as we said, we rattled off a, a ton of names there that are lower priced than him at center wing that a lot of people have got. So, you're going to have to find a little bit of extra cash, um, squeeze that out to pick him up. So, somewhat of a, a risk with the price there. But I think being just having a key into this storm side could be could be a pretty handy one, early doors. Um, a guy that'll probably be feeding a lot of ball out his way is Ryan Pappenhausen. So, everyone has just about jumped on the Teddy Pappenhausen train, if you're in the fullbacks there. Pappenhausen looks to have won the goal kicking there. Is he basically as, uh, well, just lock and load from round one? Yes. Let's so say for me, is I can't go past him. You, you saw what he did at the end, back
0: end of last year. He's now got the combination with Munster. I know Grant's coming in and there's a bit of question marks about how he's going to fit, but, I mean, it's not it's those, as good as Smith was. Um, you know, he wasn't bursting around the park and, and creating um, chances with his legs so much. But, you know, Smith should speed up the, the ruck a little bit. Uh, sorry, uh, Grant should speed up the ruck a little bit and that could play into Pappenhausen's hands who's he's just always floating around looking for an offload, looking for a line break. And you know, you know, you saw what he did in the trial against I think it was my boys that were just awful, but he just can break a line out of nothing. Just just burst of speed and he's gone. So yeah, at a you know, twelve, fourteen points per game on that from the kicking, it's money. Hmm.
1: No, absolutely. And a lot of quality forwards, as we've said, to um to work off the back of. So all good things for him. Um, a couple of the Rabbitos I've got here before we finish on this game. Josh Mansor had him as an A in the Mega Guide. I'm pretty high on him. Five hundred and ninety four K, but he's only available at centre. In a pretty stable rabbit side there. He's slotted straight in and should hit the ground running with them. They look destined for good things there. Um I've got him down as is he's too high price for me. I'm not going. Uh, expensive in the center wing there. So, unfortunately, I'll miss out. But it's going to be a painful watch watching this guy run around. Um, did you have any thoughts about bringing him in at, at some stage this year, if not round one?
0: Definitely be watching him. Um, not from round one. As you said, it's too expensive for me. I do like to start with a gun guy, but it's just he's he's almost 100K extra than what I'm paying for Kelly. Um, and he's playing on the right where he traditionally he's been a left winger with the Panthers. I think he was playing right wing back in his early days with the Rabbitohs when he was a junior there, but switched over to the left and played his career there. So he, he's a new guy in this team. He might be trying to figure out the combinations and the timings of plays and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just going to wait until he drops a little bit or until he proves that he's you know got the same try scoring now that he had last year and then, then try and load up.
1: Fair, no, cool. And the last one that I've got on this list here, you might have read the run sheet, but if you didn't, um, take a stab at how many owners in the game, what percentage of owners currently have this guy in their side, Damien Cook?
0: Oh, I didn't read the run sheet on this part, but uh, I'll say 25
1: 31%. 31 Six. Yep, weird. that – it uh, obviously shows his – well, he's got an allure in this game given the the way that he plays NRL and some of the dashing runs he does and the offloads and the the line breaks and the tackle busts and all that. But um, for me, they've, they've dried up a little bit over the last couple of years, um, particularly last season where he sort of fell back – uh, he was still running every now and again, but he just would pass the ball before getting tackled. So that immediately takes away his super coach stats there. But I was I was just stunned that uh, thirty, or nearly a third of super have got this guy in. So they've stacked it um, pretty heavily in the hooking positions where we've got a few cheapies who we've spoken about at length in the off season. We'll speak about them again tonight. But uh, it's a very easy option to go the the dual cheapy hookers to start the year. So Damian Cook is he that much ahead of some of those guys with the value that they've got to go that you'd be forsaking that to get him in early could be uh, like you said some people just trying to jump the gun and, and get ahead of the pack
0: it could be and i know a lot of people were trying to go the dual gun hookers option um to start the year but with grant injured you know i think that's probably bumped up cook's ownership a lot with people switching across to the next best option or the best option mm. but i just i didn't like what i saw in charity shield i know you were just saying that um cook's runs and stuff seem to have dried up but what i saw in the charity shield with latrell back and cody really dominating the ball and and reynolds it it seems as though cook isn't required to facilitate as much um he's just Mm -hmm. popping the ball out and then letting those guys run the plays and create the opportunities where where cook's not needing to run, not needing to get, you know, he's getting off those quick play the balls, but just feeding it out wide to the other guys to create those chances. So I i jumped off him. I had him in my side for a while, but I've gone that double cheapy route now because I just didn't like, I think he'll just drop coin to start with while the others are dominating the ball.
1: Hmm. I mean, it's nothing to sneer at if he's you know, knocking around 65, even up to 70 for well, side there. But that's it's a, it. It's he an important bad, time of year. He had a
0: bad year last year and still averaged 70 points per game. So, he'll still do it. He'll still be one of the best options. But I, for me, um, I'm spending my cash elsewhere.
1: Yeah. No, that's a fair point. You need to make sure that the cash spending elsewhere is worth it and you're um, sort of making up that um, – that lost ground that you're missing out with uh, not owning a cook. Anyone else in the, the uh, Storm Rabbitohs game before we move on?
0: Um, just having a quick scan of it. Obviously, Munster's there. He's one of the best. Um, actually, our top 2 options of the year are in this game with Cody Walker and Munster. Um, but very, very expensive, as you said. Same for the hookers. It's, um, it, it's either Grant and Cook or or Munster and Walker sort of thing as your Hmm. options so um or you go cheap and say I've I've opted to go cheap for those guys
1: yeah I mean for me I've gone Walker over Munster um I wanted one of them in at the very least and in the end I landed on Cody Walker because I've never owned him before and it's in a I don't know something I've I've sat back and you you want to be on the highs, obviously, rather than the lows there. But I think Walker's pretty well settled in that Rabido side now. And I think last year we saw when he goes big, he really, really effing goes big. So for a, a stable a guy like Munster is, and you you pretty much know what you're going to get. He's um, the linchpin of that side now, particularly without um, Cam Smith. So definite room to grow there. But geez, I just want to be on a Cody Walker 150 plus game. 150, I, 203, well, isn't it? Yeah, number one well, all time. You can always dream, but um, yeah, your as long as I'm on one of points. those. Yeah, I uh, mentioned it to Sparky or, or Mark, one of our mates from work, and he uh, yeah, he said never again <laughs> for Cody Walker. He just couldn't ever pick him on the right week and you know, trade him and then he'd go big. So basically, yeah, all guns are blazing. He's the guy I want to sort of get a, a jump on, maybe some other sides that have gone Munster, I'm hoping for a bit of a quiet one, maybe while Harry grants out. All righty, let's go on to the Knights and Docks. <laughs> That's a nice one. It's a lot better than the siren, I think, that and had a few years ago. So, open for feedback there. Hopefully, that didn't break anyone's ears. Knights and the Dogs, mate, take us away 6 p.m. for your boys. Who are the surprise packets from today? Oh, Jesus, I really
0: don't like the look of this Knights side. We're missing Ponga, um, Edric Lee. Hungle Hunt is sitting in the 18. He's likely to miss with a hamstring injury. Blake Green and Lachlan Finskibbon are all missing from our 17. So, we're really putting together a patchwork side. Um I was very keen on Bradman Best to start the year being that the Knights have a really nice run but I just I don't know how he's going to get the ball to get over the line to be honest with you so the big one for me um and for everybody is Connor Watson in the number 13 he's um locked down that spot now we've got uh, a four forward bench though so it could steal some of his minutes but um you know Josh King Brody Jones Safidi and
1: Sued, um, three of the f- what's what's minimum that that Connor Watson needs minutes wise to to make value in this game and, and be a, a certain pick to make value he only needs
0: about sixty minutes sixty five minutes to make a, a really good chunk of money we can we know what he can do running the ball um and he's going to up his base and power stats by playing in the middle getting a few more tackles than he would playing in the number six or um off bench as he was last year so he's going to be a, a big money maker you've just got to get him in your
1: side. Is he likely to spell Jay, uh, whichever Braley, Jaden that you've Braley. got there? That's the one. <laughs> According for- to um,
0: Barry Tui, Jaden's looking at 80-minute games and Conor Watson's right. looking at similar. So, I don't know where mm. these four forwards are going to come in and, and spell guys because um, Frizzell's an 80-minute guy. Barnett's a, you know, 70-minute guy sort of thing traditionally, but he usually played lock. Um, so, out wide he could play a bit more. I but- I would say that they're there to cover for injury. Connor Watson's traditionally – I mean, I've got a history of injury bugs. So, maybe they're just there as cover, but I'd be surprised to see anything less than 65 minutes from Connor.
1: Yep. No, they would be great. Hopefully, those injuries are behind him and he can have a a pretty healthy season. They'll need some spark from someone given Pong is out. Um, Tex Hoy is obviously a – patchwork sort of replacement there. Interesting, we mentioned before Wilfred's got him in, though, so I'm not sure what he sees there. Um, when Ponga's due back, which is, what, a, a couple of weeks away? Yeah, about round
0: four, possibly five, something like that. Okay.
1: So, a bit of time there for, for Tex to sort of gel in yeah. the side. But yeah. if he Ponga comes back, where does Hoy go?
0: Um, out. Out basically yep. so um Blake Green will be returning at roughly the same time as Ponga and the talk is that Green will slip into the six beside Pierce and Kurt Man will go onto the bench as the utility um so Tex Hoy will be just out of the side altogether so you're looking at maybe one maybe two price rises from Hoy he's kicking so if the Knights can get over the line he'll get a few more points that way but I just don't think he's worth it at 240k for someone who's maybe going to get one price rise um and You're not going to play him in your 17, it's not worth having him.
1: Mm. Anyone else in that, um, that night side that you're looking at, super coach wise? Um, Dave Clemmer
0: as a yep. grade prop, you know, if everyone was always on Payne Haas and now he's out, so Clemmer could be the cheaper alternative there. But, um, there are a few options a bit, you know, 100k cheaper than Clemmer that, yeah, you know, that's the way I've gone. Um, but yeah, he'd be the only other one you're looking at. Brayley is about if you want a cheap hooker option, and I know you're um, partial to the cheap hookers, so um, he could be someone you grab. But I, yeah, I just I don't trust this side at the moment. I look a lot better with um with Ponger at the back. Um, and how the- much is Brayley? How much is um, um, about three seventy something like that? Um, I don't have an. In front of me, but he's only three fifty-seven. Hmm. He played two games last year, um, the first two before the COVID break. Ruptured his ACL um, just after half time of the second game, and still played eighty minutes. So just a, that's I remember that Incredible. a freak game, absolute freak game. But yeah, he um he had a huge couple of weeks, but I just I don't know that he's going to um, recreate that.
1: Interesting though, 80 minutes at um, a price like that, you know, it's not, um, nothing to sneeze out there. A lot of people looking at um, uh, Josh Hodgson with some of the news out today, but break even a 40 for Jaden Braley. So, you know, as long as he's getting above that sort of 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 uh, points per minute with all the base and all the tackling and that he does, that could be huge value. But yeah, surprised to hear he's um, earmarked for 80 minutes, I thought, given the comeback from injury might. That's uh, it. As
0: long as the knee holds up, I think they're planning to play him 80, but. He's got to get through it.
1: Yep, plenty of question marks. Well, as a, again, same for Josh Hodgson. So, all uh, all taking some risks there. All right, mate. The, is that it for you, boys? Yeah, that's Last it. There's not Ruger? much. No. Not much
0: there. Really? I think Tyson. I'm keen to watch Tyson Frizzell, but I don't think he's a real super coach option.
1: Yep. Never really has been, but um, new side, so who knows what we'll see from him. Your opponents, the Bulldogs. Well, I've actually tipped them in this game. I reckon um, they could um, come out with a decent ambush here and, and get you guys despite it being at home. So, um, yep, never thought I'd be tipping the Bulldogs after what they dished up over the last few seasons, but here we are. Um, a couple of big surprises for them, and Initially, I'd written them off as being any sort of relevance in Supercoach here. Not a lot of, um, obviously, well, no, no real guns at all in their side. But what it's opened up for us in terms of their round one side is fair few interesting mid-range options. Jake Avarillo has overcome his elbow injury and starts at five eight, so he beat the clock there. Nick Kotrick also recovered in time. He'll suit up in the centres at his new club, and also a new addition, Jack Hetherington starts at prop there. So getting some time in the side while Luke Thompson is out. In for suspension. I think he's back round five or six. So we'll confirm that. Uh, Corey Waddell gets a start in the second row. So he's another new one coming from Manly there. Um, a lot of wraps coming on him in his early days at Manly there, particularly as a super coach option, has a attacking game in him, plenty of tackle busts when they're done right. So possibly some upside there. And currently the Bulldogs are seeking an exemption from the NRL to play Bradley Dietz as their backup hooking option while Marshall King is out. So basically it's a real brand new side from them. Corey Allen at the back as well. There's a, and Kyle Flanagan in the half. So, geez, they, mate, I don't know what to make of that because, you know, we've seen the Bulldogs have been stale for a very, very long time. They brought all these these young players not at the right end of their age. They're not stacking their forward pack like they used to. Is this a, a turnaround year for the Dogs?
0: I like what they've done. I like the recruitment that they've done. They've put There's in so much really though. good There's names. so much. That's it. And it, it could take a few weeks for the team to gel and to actually get firing. So... But, um, you know, Corey Allen had an absolute bumper year last year, the year after everybody wanted him in their supercoach side. So, he's been a really good signing for them. Avarillo was a star playing in the halves last season um, before he got injured and taken out at the back end of the season. Um, The only thing that's going against him is Kyle Flanagan should have the kicking tee. Otherwise, Avarillo would be in everyone's side. He's, what, 330K center wing eligible guy. So, he would be an absolute lock if he was still kicking um yep. just to be just looking at the side though you've got ogden and Hetherington in the eight and ten um as you said luke thompson will be coming back dylan up is actually named in the 17 he's returning from a knee injury so i think he'll be promoted to the starting side if not on game day next week he'll be he'll be back in at number eight um and for Corey Waddell, uh, Raymond Fatilla mariner did his ankle in one of the trial games, and he's just been named in the 16 as he comes back from injury. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the starting side in um, short turnaround either.
1: But um, that's that's the big risk, hey. Because I've, I've earmarked a few of those guys there. Obviously, Heatherington Stasi's brought him in, so obviously trying to find some cash there. But a big risk in heatherington two hundred ninety-four k, very low points per minute in his time um, previously in the game. So he'll need to to improve pretty vastly in a short space of time. Well, as you said, Napa and um, and Luke Thompson are cooling their heels, so he's a no go for me. Corey waddell he's an interesting player for like he was locked into getting those big minutes possibly 60 or so in that um second row spot there he'd be a go but the name for Tyler Mariner on the bench there scares me he's um got a a whole stack of starting time last year RFM and was a pretty handy option there as well he was one of their better players last season just seemed to kept keep finding the line so it was surprising to see Waddell there but as you said there's a huge question mark there even in this game, whether he actually starts there. So, those two are probably scratches for me. An interesting one here, though, that people haven't talked about in Supercoach for probably, I'd say, three or four years is Josh Jackson. Um, Falling away a little bit there. He's been plodding along in the second row, but for whatever reason, they're shaking it up here at the Dogs. He's been moved to the lock, so he'll start in the middle there in 13. So, last season played a couple of games there, 49, 53 and 58 at around .8 points per minute so got a bit more work done than he normally did standing on the edge does that make him more of a play or do you need to see some uh, just exactly what his role is in the side yeah he's not someone i'll start with but it
0: is an interesting move for him i think he's better suited in the middle um he's mm. just such a workhorse you see him he's the one guy even playing on out wide he's chasing the long range tries right to the death um he's that never give up Player, so having him in the middle um, around all the work, I think, is really good option for the dogs, and um, I'll be keen to see how he ups his um, work rate or ups his stats in that role. But again, again, not someone I can start with.
1: Anyone else for the dogs? Uh, you d- 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 no, no. And here's the sound Broncos fans won't be hearing on Friday night from their home site had to do it. Sorry, Broncos. Uh, Broncos in the air, Suncorp Stadium, Friday night here. So the Broncos, well, they, uh, they were a absolute debacle last season. Doesn't look to be getting much better for them but um, in terms of Supercoach a few handy looking names here but no real surprises from Teamless Tuesday. TPJ is at prop and Paddy Carrigan is named at lock. Won't really change much on how they play it. It's all through the middle so I don't think their roles will really be shaken up there. Matty Lodge has been named to start as we expected but he looks the one to move out as soon as Payne Haas is back uh, from round three. and Jordan Rickey is starting so a little bit of about whether he'd actually get the role there. Thankfully, um, given he looks an absolute star of the future there, he's been named in the second row starting spot there. So I think he's, if he's not in 100% of sides come uh, round one, given some of the, the dearth of options we have at second row, you're doing it wrong. So the Broncos, there's a there's a few names there that um, might catch some interest. Obviously, Tony Staggs being out um, isn't good for them. Jermaine Asako, he's, he's at fullback there but hasn't really kicked on since his Debut year, so really need to see something from him. And I don't know what's going on, but Anthony Milford and Brody Croft in the halves. What's long, going on there? Absolute
0: log. Yeah. They decided that Dearden wasn't the man for them. He's the best half they've gotten. That I don't know. Kevy is Kevy the answer? That reminds me
1: well, I was watching a, watching a uh, NRL 360 um, interview with him last night and they were went to him and said, um, you know, what's what's something that surprised you? What's surprisingly good about the Broncos that um, you discovered when you got there as a coach? And his answer was, oh, yeah, me office is pretty big, eh? Yeah, so, you know, good. right off the, off the bat, that's good. And then they followed that up with, all right, well, what was something that disappointed you and is something that um, you didn't realise and now you're going to have to really, really work on? And then he started banging on about, oh, we had a bit of, bad luck last year and you know got some injuries and blah blah so basically evaded the whole question there so um he's the one leading them from the front i uh yeah look forward to seeing what they dish up this year sorry broncos are piling it on but uh season hasn't even started yet who knows um yeah no one else really of relevance for me there did anyone else catch your eye no i'll say
0: tessie's in the centers there so 233 234k something like that um tpj is interesting. Um, I know he's a loose cannon and he's extremely expensive, but we know what he can do on his day. Just when Haas returns, I'm I'm not sure if Lodge will drop out. We were trying to discuss this before, and nobody has a real idea. But whether Haas comes back into the eight and TPJ goes to Lock, there was a bit of a talk early on that TPJ was going to be playing in the thirteen this year, and Carrigan coming off the bench. So. Um, if that's the case, Matt Lodge could be one of the steals of the season. Um, as much as you hate mm. your team, looking at him with, with him in the side, but he could be a really good option. I'm just, I'm just so uncertain about what's going to happen in three weeks' time, four weeks' time when Haas comes back.
1: Yeah, and it's a huge risk to take there for a guy that's, you know, almost 300K. So, he's sort of relying on him having some big minute games to start the year. Paddy Garrigan played 80 minutes at times last year as well. So, it doesn't look like he might um, – or it looks like he could fill some of that void there from Payne Haas. Um, but, you know, even Payne Haas was talked about having a re- reduced role when he comes back. So, on to the 80-minute games. They want to preserve him and make sure they're getting the best out of him. So, it could still mean that Lodge, even if he goes back to the bench, gets some – decent enough minutes there but um it's a it's a big risk but I guess it's round one so you know you've got to sometimes squeeze these guys in their opponents Parramatta well no real surprises from them it's pretty much the same side um well at least one to 13 as it was last year there outside of um see the, the off, off field stuff <laughs> off field stuff with Michael Jennings uh new signing from the cows Tom Openshik I was a little sad to see him go he was um one of our only good defenders in the back line there, but he'll suit up in the number three spot for Parramatta. Outside of that on the bench, uh, they've got um, Keegan Hipgrave, who finds his way there from the Titans, Um, the wild unit himself, and Isaiah Papali'i. So a couple of those guys will get reasonably short stints in the side there. So in terms of Supercoach, we knew what we were going to get come teamless Tuesday today, so not a whole lot here, but let's go through some of the bigger name players for them. Gutho. First off the car, or first cab off the rank. There, do you zig away from Pappy or even Teddy and go well, Gutho?
0: Gutho is extremely tempting. I tell you what, he plays mm. the Broncos in Week One, um, follows that up with a tough game against the Char- uh the Storm. Sorry, then plays the Sharks, Tigers, Dragons in a three-week run. Um, meets the Raiders in Round Six, then plays the Broncos and Dogs um, mm. Seven and Eight. So, I. Awesome run for Gartho, um, and I'll talk about him a little bit later. But played very well against the Broncos last season. Really towed him up. So, right, very tempting, right. very very tempting for
1: Gartho. And you know, it must be said as well as we have said, they're a pretty stable side. So right there, one to thirteen outside the centre. Um, you basically got the exact same combinations they had last season. So you yeah, know, they were okay. They they fell away a bit towards the end, but um, they're definitely not. Are the Bulldogs who've rearranged their entire um, you know, 13 to, to start the season. So, if anyone's going to get off to a flyer, it could be Parramatta. So,
0: interesting. Well, it's just the trials through that little spanner in the works of of Brown and Moses switching sides and Lane and Madison switching sides. So, True. Um, there could be new combinations between those guys and their outside men and how they're going to go. But, yeah, you're right. They're a very settled side. They've been playing together for in almost two years now, um, most of the side anyway. So they will really know how to play off each other. And, and Gutho's just always there, always there and about.
1: Interesting candidate i'm looking at here maybe down the track not from round one is mike acivo bit of a maybe second year syndrome last season didn't quite kick on as we expected um still scored plenty of tries um much more than blake ferguson did anyway so when he got um, got going he did produce some decent scores but outside of that was pretty um pretty up and down so i'll keep my eye on him to start the year. He's below 500k but um someone that could go quite large if para get on a roll in this early doors run um ryan madison i think with some with the question marks around Tao malolo there i think he shot up in in value for me ryan madison was has been basically rock solid in this spot for for quite some time does shift uh, sides, as we said, but I think he's he's played some time there, coming up through the grade anyway on on either side. So no real um nothing too new for him. So I I just don't see this guy as a regression candidate. Is he basically set and forget from round one?
0: Yeah, I got a stake bet on it already. Um, if, really, what's that? If he goes over, and I'll have to remember it was either sixty five or sixty seven over the first ten weeks of the season. When it owes me a stake.
1: So Jeez, that got, well, it must be imaginary stakes, mate. Because I don't think that bloke has ever paid up. No, oh, he loves life. a
0: stake bet. He loves a stake bet, and he hates hates a payout. So, but I think um, he
1: needs a refresher on what a stake actually is. But we might uh, might get that Norman Hotel Saturday night. He's uh, he's committed.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so it's um, it's going to be very very hard, almost impossible to start without. Madison and or Angus Crichton this year. They're the two big dogs um, in the second row. They they finished only behind McInnes, I think it was, um, last season, who's obviously out for the year. And, you know, number three in the, um, in the trinity, the holy trinity of second rowers, is Lolo, who's had a bit of question marks over him by the coach um, leading into round one. So, if you don't have both those guys, I think you've got to have one.
1: 94% of all of Maddow's games last season went over 60 points. Uh, the only game that didn't was the injury-affected game against the Tigers where he got... Yes, that's um, right. Where I,
0: the week that I brought him in, that was fantastic. Yep. Yep.
1: I did the exact same, Captain Dim. Yep, see you later. So, you know, that's just remarkable levels of consistency from a guy who plays on the edge as well. So he's not always guaranteed the base there. We know he's just got an offload. He scores at will, um, can break the line. He's He ticks every single box you need from the second row. Um, Premium price for a reason, so I think splash that cash early because you'll be doing it at some point during the season. Um, Anyone else from Parramatta, mate?
0: Um, Don't mind Dylan Brown. Um, He's a real attacking 5'8", so he's in that sort of Tier 2, Tier 3 option at at the position behind your guns of Munster and and Walker. So he did me very well um, early last year. He loves to run the ball. Doesn't pass a lot, so the try assists aren't as high as they probably could be, but he's a young guy. Um, that could become come with progression as he matures and whatnot, but he's one of my favorites in this side. So no to Mitchell Moses? Yeah, I'm, I don't think so. You've got a couple of guys around the same price range. Um, Moses is 50K more expensive than... Um, a guy we'll talk about next in Channel Harris, Davida and um, Jamal Fogarty. Um, so they're all sort of that same area, um, same sort of players, goal kicking. Um, Moses isn't, you know, by far the best team of the three, but um, the Titans mm. are on the rise. I think he's just had his time. Um, either the, for me this year, you've got to go really top end with a sec- um, with a halfback or um, sort of basement. Cheapy crap Morgan guy. Yep,
1: no fair. Unfortunately for Moses, as you said, it's been his consistency and, and trying to get um, string big games together. New York last season had a game of 108, caught the eye early doors, and then after that fell back to some 50s, which was okay. And then a 26 18 missed a stack of games through injury, comes back, hits an 80, and then goes on to score 40s and twenty and a couple of 50s there. So just never really had the ceiling that you want from a guy who plays in arguably a side on the rise and a side with plenty of attacking potential there. Um, the only thing for me is he's got that early season run, as you said. He's got the Broncos twice, plays the dogs there, Dragons as well. So, you know, if he's ever going to go large, it's going to be early in the year. And maybe that um, then can can give you a stepping stone up to maybe a Walker or, or Monster if you choose not to go them. Uh, from round one. But, again, you're sort of relying on him to buck a trend that, unfortunately, Moses has carried with him for quite some time. But, anyway, we shall see how that ends up for the Parramatta Eels. Last game before a little quick break here. Warriors and the Titans. Looking forward to this one, Central Coast Stadium down in Gosford. Highlights for me for the Warriors side, unfortunately some bad ones. So, we mentioned at the start there wasn't too much in the way of chaos in tlt today but a couple of warriors players that we had earmarked as potentials didn't make the side unfortunately and a lot of it is due to their recovery from injury so ellie katoa recovered early from injury he was earmarked i think an eye socket injury had him one to two weeks out but he suits up for round one takes a starting second row spot good to see him back Wade Egan, he um, looked in all sorts, had a a pretty nasty shoulder injury coming out of the trials. Could have been anything, but thankfully scan results have been good for him And uh, because they really didn't have a lot of options here. They were scrambling. They were playing uh, Jazz Tavanga. They were playing Bailey and Carl Lawton, obviously, out long-term. So Wade Egan, thankfully for them, suits up at the number nine spot. Pushing Jazz Tavanga to the bench. So unfortunately for any Tavanga guy or potential owners that uh, might rule him out, there despite his usual carnage whenever he comes off the bench. The guy's an absolute freak um, but no, he'll be spending some time through the middle rather than at hooker. Bailey Siren and wins the starting second row spot. Some thought it could be Josh Curran as Styles he did at the start of the day but unfortunately that hasn't panned out with Karen going back to Jersey 21. So a couple of um, new signings for them Ben Murdoch-Masilla, he'll return off the bench, um, mid-range player so coming back from the UK interested to see. He didn't set the world on fire. Supercoach super coach wise over there seeing some of the stat comparatives so he'll need to go pretty large early on maybe develop an offload but at least gives us some time to wait back and see just what happens there um for me though the guy that i'm keeping an eye on i don't have him in the side chanel harris tavita um take it away Lakey, because i know you've done a little bit of um analysis over this guy yeah he's a he's a
0: very tempting option um i must say he he finished last year really well um with oh, – sorry, I'm just trying to bring up the stats as I talk and the computer's playing funny buggers on me. But, just um, wing it,
1: mate. Just throw
0: it out there. <laughs> he he finished the year on something like a 65-point-per-game run from round, let's say, 13. Sure. So, 13 through to 20, he f- had 65.4 points per game. Um. Playing as the starting seven, really got I'm glad it you team got around. those decimals
1: in, mate. Without that yep. point four, I just, I just didn't know.
0: I just point wanted to be absolutely accurate. Difference. Wanted to be accurate, <laughs> but yeah, um, and that's with the side playing over here um, without a lot of their starters who went back home after the COVID stuff, and they look a little bit of a stronger side this year. Um, they got a, Adam Fanua Blake joins the ranks, so he's going to be really punching up the middle for them. Um, so Harris Tavita could be a great option running off the back of that and goal kicking as well, as I mentioned before.
1: Uh RTS. I had a go I had him sort of earmarked down as well, just to sort of move off from Chanel. I think um I think there's a lot of lot of upside there. And if you're gonna go a guy like CHT, you're gonna spend a little bit larger than, than bargain, but um Plenty of upside there. I'm almost looking at uh, looking at bringing him in, but um, good points, Lakey. Um, RTS fullback. So I had this guy marked for um, a run in my side from round one, but I just can't go past the likes of Teddy and uh, pappenhausen so do, do you reckon this guy given it's his last season there is there much upside for him i talked a little bit about it. he sort of carries this side on his back um but maybe with some added help from some of these new forwards he might um, might be able to to work off the back of them for once
0: yeah i think there's a little bit of upside he he went at 58 last year 59 points per game so there's a little bit of room to move he finished the year much more strongly than he started it with um Uh, last nine games, he didn't play round 20 but played 10 through 19 um, and he went at 65 points per game. Um, So, can do it. Um, Obviously, the spiritual leader of that side as well as the actual captain, actual leader, but Hmm. um, he deserves a, a, a fantastic year for what he's done in the last two seasons, especially leading this side, not giving up on the NRL as a whole. Um, and staying over here to make sure the comp keeps going. He absolutely deserves a remarkable season. Um, but just, Teddy should be pretty much everyone's lock. Um, and you've got Pappenhausen starting the year as well. Ponga and Turbo are coming back after three or four weeks. You just can't fit all these guys in, unfortunately. And two of us, a Ashek, is the next rung down from all those. So, yeah, it's hard, nope. hard to find a case for actually fitting
1: him in. Yeah, as much as I would like it, just with the sentimental factor, possibly the last time we see him in the NRL, it just doesn't look the way to go. Um, David Fusatour, um, I'm. Pretty terrified looking at some of the, the of these stats there, but we really just got no one else at centre Wing cheapy here. But the 4C starts at 250K. Um, average scores for the last four seasons in NRL are 42, 48. That was all right. 37 and then 28 last year. And obviously finished the year early going back home for a uh, compassionate reason. So he's basically got to uh, buck a bit of a trend. And a lot of his good form early in his career was due to, uh, the likes of Sean Johnson feeding him in the ball out there, um, had a bit of time at the centres last season as well, and still didn't get his base up. So for whatever reason, the guy just doesn't like running, doesn't like getting tackled. He'll have a flashy push put down, but that that looks to be about it. Um, I know a lot of people have him in their side, myself included. Uh, is there any? cause for optimism here that we're likely to see 100 hundred and hundred and fifty 150k price rise i mean he does just have to fall over the line but some of those scores
0: that's exactly ordinary. right like last year started off and there was a whole experiment about him going into the centers and getting his work rate up and it didn't work you know um he, he failed with it miserably but came back after the break and a bit of an injury break or whatever and, and went back to the wing but the, the warriors really got going at the back end of the year so they started getting those combinations right um Nick Arima playing on the right, Harris Davida on the left, I believe. And they were both playing really good footy and and the outside men were benefiting Um but Fusatou was gone after round eleven. So he never saw any of that. So I think there's a lot of optimism that he could step in there and benefit from the work that these guys did last year in getting the team going and and, and the plays and everything. Um the chemistry they've developed while they're over here. Um it wasn't, as you said, it wasn't all that long ago. He was a 50-point scorer, you know, 55 point, And he can put on a huge game every now and then. But unfortunately, he also has the 20-point game. So, you got to pick and choose where you play him. Um, but, yeah, he should earn. He should be a good earner. Um, even if you just sit him on the bench and don't actually play him, he should make you some good money.
1: No, I agree. I mean he just as you said needs he can find the line. Um, you know, you gotta get on him at the right time. Thankfully, it's uh not that far to fall for him anyway at two hundred and sixty or two hundred and fifty odd K. Um, last one here I've got down for the Warriors. I've scratched Tavung's name completely. I think being off the bench just doesn't have enough upside for a super coach player. But um Torhu Harris, so a guy that I was very high on last season, had a, a lot of time in the middle there despite being named at second row. In this case, he's been named in the lock jersey. So, I mean, it's a tempting sign. And I know Wenon was um, talking him up late this afternoon with me. But having Tavanga on the bench there just spells a bit of worry for me. Um, Harris killed it when Tavanga wasn't there. And when Tavanga was back, he was just either taking too many minutes or too much work around the middle there. So, with, um, with that in mind, does that sway you completely off Torhu, or is there still some value there? Um, I can still see some benefit in him. He
0: averaged 70 points last year, something yep. around that, um, and took a hit to his minutes from about round six, round seven, something like that. Back end of the year, he was averaging more so 65 minutes a game. So, if he can keep that up and keep at the um, the same points per minute, 0.9, you know, he's still going to be pushing at a 60 average. So, yeah, he's a bit of a regression candidate, but I don't think he's going to drop as far as people are expecting him to.
1: No, no, that's that's fair. But 613K, um, I, I don't think we're putting him in the top tier with a Matto or a Crichton who are basically doing no about. No, so. that's
0: right. He's a really outside-the-box option. He's more of a draft option for me. He's someone I'd be looking at if I was playing that draft game. Um, but you're not going to choose him over a matto or Crichton. You just find the extra $100,000 and grab them or you go down – to a a genuine moneymaker.
1: Uh, on to the opponents, the Titans here. So no real surprises from them. Either Herman Sasa was someone that they'd um, brought from you guys that was looking mm. for a um, a decent kickstart to his um, or rekickstart to his career. Uh, he's been pushed to the extended bench. So Holbrook's gone with Tyron Peachy as a forward utility and Aaron Clark on the bench to spell Mitch Rain. Outside of that, Corey Thompson on the wing. He's got first crack at that um, that starting spot there. AJ Brimson fit and firing after having that nasty injury last season. He's there, ready to go. So, um, Jamal Fogarty, he should take over the kicking duties or possibly take over the kicking duties from Ash Taylor this year, which would be a, a big string to his bow. I'd uh, be interested to see just exactly what happens. Do you have any mail on who's going to suit up for them with boot on?
0: Yeah, from all reports, it is Fogarty. Um, he lined up in the All-Stars. I think he took the first um, penalty shot for the Indigenous All-Stars uh, before Luttrell took over. So, I think... I think he's going to be given first chance. Um and then like you look at the way he finished the year too. I spoke about Chanel Harris Tavita before and he finished strongly. But um Jamal Fogarty from round 13 onwards had a 62 average as well, and that was before he was goal kicking. So he's someone I'm genuinely interested in, very, very keen on. Um around that same price, about four
1: thirty-ish. Um, mm. sort of bad shout because obviously with the side he's in now they've gone from what everyone sort of had as bottom four candidates to the top eight certainties almost so Tino Farsu Malawi suits so up for them Dave Fafita as well so all of a sudden you're stacking the side around him with uh some pretty quality quality ball players as well so that opens up some doors for Fogarty um decent price but do you think the the 60 points given he doesn't have a history in this game he's quite new to the NRL and the super coach, obviously. Is there much to, to go off there? Are you sort of relying on him not, not regressing as sometimes these guys do?
0: Yeah, that's it. You, you're sort of relying on him taking that next step to really seize the opportunity that's in front of him. And he, as you said, got Wallace, um, Mo Fodawaka, Proctor, Fafita, and Tino um, playing in front of him. That's going to be a big help to the guys at the back end. Ash Taylor and Fogarty are going to have a lot more freedom to – to really guide the side. So, you sort of, um, you saw him progress last year, take those strides to become a good NRL player. Now, you, you want to see him really take the bull by the horns and take that next step, become the leader of this side that Ash Taylor was has never been able to be and and push his game to that next level. And I think he can. And if he's adding the goal kicking and this is really it's a really good looking side now um they should put a few more points on than they were last year so fogarty's probably looking at another 10 points of freebies each mm. week
1: no, it's a very interesting plan. One, I think a, a fair few people and and you know pretty well we call them experts, but a lot of those guys are are leaning towards a lot of upside um, for for him there. And I see him in, in probably a better side than his opposition this weekend as well. So, fair bit of upside there for Fogarty, Tino F. Obviously, the big um, big signing from Melbourne there, along with Dave Fafita. Um Are you going both of them, or one of them, or none of them?
0: Have both of them at the moment. If I was going to drop one, it would be Fafita, I think. Um, playing out wide and has a tendency to float in and out of games when it suits. Um, Obviously, a, a very damaging ball runner can find the line when he wants to, but can go missing at stages as well. Whereas Tino, he'll be in the middle. He won't play as many minutes, but his workload will be just much better, I think. So he's going to have probably not as high a ceiling, but a much higher floor.
1: Some games that worried me last year for Dave Fafita, for around 17 round, 18 Penrith and the Titans, he scored 41 points in 80 minutes and 54 in 80 minutes. So the base was still good. But I'd seen in his time coming back from injury there, he was really heavily reliant on that one big explosive run. So he would break the line, bust you know, five tackles and score. And out of nowhere, he's gone from what looked like it being a 30, 40, 50 to you know 70 or 80. So, that there is a nervous watch for anyone who owns him. And brand new side there, obviously the big um, big money player as well. So, a lot of pressure on him coming into the side. But uh, I, I think, as you said, Tino F's playing through the middle there. And, and less or Dave is less likely to get those base stats. Um, so, heavily reliant on the attacking player. So, I think it makes him a bit more of a risk there. And I just want to see how he fits into the side. Before I jump the gun, but seems that you're keen on him, so you're willing to splash the cash. But for forty odd k, um, keener on on Tino. So we'll see how he goes. Anyone else for the Titans, mate?
0: Um, as I mentioned, Brian Kelly earlier, I'm very keen on to start the year with him um, playing in the centres. But outside of that, I don't think you can go with Mo Fatawaika, uh, a gun, a gun of the game. But there's a lot of new forwards. Um, that are going to be sort of adding to his competition. So it's just as much as I enjoy watching him play, and I think he is a gun, I don't think you can go near him until you figure out what sort of minutes he's getting.
1: Fair call. All right, Lakey, let's take a quick break and then come back. We're an hour and 12 into it. We've still got to draw the winner of the Supercoach ring for those that bought the Mega Guide. We'll go through four more teams and our captains. So we'll try and do it quickly, but uh, stay tuned. Isn't that a nice way to bring us back from the break? There and on the home stretch, I just like that. I just found it today. Uh, couldn't play guitar to save myself, but uh, did like the sound of that there, mate. We've got four more games to get through. Let's do them quickly. Roosters and Manly. Some of the highlights for the Roosters here. Teddy, absolutely always a highlight. He's back in, in uh, suiting up from round one. Got a brief stint in the troll, but uh, should be good to go. All eyes should be on him. Uh, Lucky Lamb starts in the five-eighth, and Adam Kieran. On the bench, So new signing over there from the Warriors. He'll get some time, possibly at utility. Not sure where he'll be needed. Sam Walker, a few eyes on him after an eye-catching performance in the trial. He's named in the the reserves, bargain basement, I believe. Um, Lindsay Collins gets the start over Jared Wairia Hargrave. So Collins had the odd big game in him last season. Obviously, a new Queensland origin representative as well. So killed it in that sphere there. So it looks to be uh, on the rise in NRL world tko obviously big minutes for him potentially and also uh goal kicking duties i think that more than anything has swayed a lot of people into spending big on tko had a a pretty good start to last year faded away a little bit but you're liking the fact there's only two middle forwards on the bench um plus mr butcher there so do you reckon we could be seeing a rise in tko's minutes as well as those goal kicking points well
0: potentially he um the biggest question mark around TKO is how many minutes he was going to play. Um, we knew he was going to be goal kicking. He's taking over from Flanagan. So that's going to add uh, a good chunk of points to him, but he only played uh, 55 minutes a game last year, 57 I'm seeing. So hmm. um, it's a good chunk already. So it wasn't like he was going to be adding a huge um amount of time to his game but seeing the bench that they've got he could be maybe adding five or so minutes six minutes something like that just an extra bump um that we weren't expecting so it's really enticing that um plus the goal kicking we know how potent the roosters are they just score at will so if he can add another what was flanagan kicking out extra 14 points a game and i don't think tko is going to be on that entire time so you know let's push it down to about 10 points per game to what he had um you're already giving him an average of around 70 which is just that's elite range
1: yep no huge a lot of a lot of room to grow he should soar into the 600k mark all things going well early doors so i think um yeah, that that's money well spent up at the front row there, where you know, there's not a lot of guns like there is at second row. So I, I like the um, like the play there. I don't see anything wrong with it. Teddy, I think we've spoken to death about him. Uh, potential to goal kick while Tico is off, however long that may be. So I think he's as um, out and out. Just get him in as they come. Unfortunately, it means we have to break our side elsewhere. But anyway, there's a reason he's 800k. Um, Lachlan Lamb, he's caught some attention here in the off season. Starts the year quite. Um, Quite a bit of value there, looking to get his first crack at the um, the halfback role there with Luke Kiry or the 5'8th role, I should say. So, a bit more um, potential for him to grow in the NRL and supercoach. Is he someone you'd start the year with, though?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he is for me. Um, he has that same eligibility, that 58 hooker eligibility as Conor Watson, so you can throw one up as in each position and rotate him through if need be. But um, at just 300K, he's borderline cheapy. Um, Played seven games last year, five off the bench. Um, So already underpriced in that respect. He had three games where he had an extended run of about 70 minutes per game and he managed around 55 points per game during those. So got a good game to him. Um, And I've got a note here in the mega guide that for 56.3, it's -hmm. the same price as what Brian Kelly is, who's at 500K. So about 200K discount then of – off his starting game, sort of things. So, um, again, potent side. He's going to be playing out on the right with Crichton, I believe. So mm. again, just flick it out to Crichton, flick it to Teddy, let them get you a try assist or a line break assist. So he's going to be there. You go laughing.
1: Uh, 310k, um, it's hard to see him knocking 20s around in that side. You'd see him putting a, a try or two on basically every week. So, yep, I've uh, got to somehow find a way to get rid of Matt Moylan. I'd love that and get Lock and Lamb in. So, we'll see. Um, With Moylan's hammies, he'll
0: get rid of himself soon enough.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the guy that you mentioned there, Angus Crichton, um, I think, Whatever we said for Ryan Madison, you can apply to this guy. I don't think we need to go into much detail. Get those two in. A combo of them is the way to go. Anyone else from roosters, mate?
0: You could just about have anybody in the roosters and be happy with them. Um, Satillion Tupanua. Um, interesting one He's an interesting one points. That's right So he yeah. starts there In place of Boyd Cordner He had a couple of Really big games last year Once those attacking stats come But they're a bit Few and far between So um, Still plays in this Same side We can say it for every guy He plays in such a good side So the points will be there It's just about when There's the right time To get on him um, Kiri, it's similar sort of vein as um, Dylan Brown, as I spoke about before. He's in that tier two, tier three range for the 5'8s. Um, always at the top end of the spectrum when it comes to try assists and line break assists. But Kiri's got such a huge um, degree of variation, sort of thing, in his scores. So he can go at a 120, 130, and he can go at a sub 20. And, and you've got to just play him at the right time to really benefit for him. Could, he can just be an absolute nightmare, the new mm. roller coaster.
1: Yeah, I think he's a Cody Walker but not quite the same calibre in terms Doesn't of the um, what he can do on yeah. there. No. Um, Manly, their opponents, they look to be a bit of a basket case as well. Dylan Walker now at the starting fullback spot in a bit of a surprise there. Some had Morgan Harper winning that role, but I think some trial form didn't do him any favours. Jason Saab, we talked about him earlier. He's a big win there, named in the centre in the wing spot there, 250-odd Ks we spoke about. Foreign and DCE back together, it's like we've wound the clock back, what is it, eight years, seven yeah, nine, when like they won the... The comp, geez, that's been a long time between drinks for them. So they're the band's back together. They'll need something to get going now that Turbo's not there. lachlan Croker gets a start at Hooker there. Some wondering who the hell they'd actually put there, so he looks to have won that role. Um interesting one, Jack Gazewski gets a start over Andrew Davy there. Some had their eye on Davy as a potential option. He's scratched basically being back to the bench. Um so few names there. Dylan Walker, is he you know, is he worth trusting?
0: It's it's hard. Look, Dylan Walker is an Olympic athlete in in that he's only relevant every four years. Um, I looked back and he, last time we would have had him in his, our teams with 2017, he's had a 56 average. And since then he's gone sort of high thirties, low forties averages. Um, but again, looking back five, six years, I couldn't find a single instance where he's played a game at fullback. So it's a, really out-of-the-box, you know, mm. th- throw-of-the-dart selection. So, I, don't, I just don't know what to make of it.
1: We have nothing to base it off. We not have no all. history in this game, not even a trial. I don't think even maybe spent a few minutes there here and there, but geez, that is big shoes to fill. Tommy Turbo there for Dylan Walker, who, you know, wouldn't have done a lot of running in the last few years as well. So I have no idea what we're going to see here, but what a litmus test. Get your first start at fullback against the Roosters. Yeah. Um, Jason Sa, we've talked about already. Um, Jack Kazewski. I I didn't quite look this guy up. He he was one of those guys that I said at the start, I've gone enough um, and and just avoided trying to squeeze him in because I think there's, you know, he's got a steady run of games behind him. He's played a lot off the bench there. That's why he's quite quite low priced. But again, there's, it, it just, Smells a little bit like Terrell Fuimono from last year. He's named on this in the second row to start the year, but just doesn't have a big point supercoach game behind him. Um, yeah, that's that's without looking at, at too many big stats there. But a guy three hundred and seventeen k. Don't know how long term he is in this spot. Is he someone you're trying to? I don't know. Just squeeze in because of the price. No, I I haven't
0: considered him to be honest. Um. He played mostly off the bench last year. He had three games starting in the 11 at the back end of the season, 17, 18, 19. And he had a 48 with a try, a 53 with a try and a line break, and a 96 with two tries, two line breaks. So, as you said, not a huge scorer. Obviously got some some points there, but um, his bases are just almost non-existent. Base and power was thirty. Thirty and forty in those
1: three games. Mm. Yeah. PPM never been higher than one. Um, playing at second row obviously doesn't help. Being out on the edge there, but um, in a in a side that's probably likely to regress from last year somehow. Uh, it's at least for the start of the year. It's a big, big price to pay for mine, despite it being in that sort of mid range. Mark, so I reckon I'd go elsewhere. I just don't like it. But who knows? You know, he could fall over the line. He, he scored a 96, as you said, last year. So, you know, anything can happen in this game. It's round one, but it's against the Roosters. Well, anyone else? Round
0: two is against the Rabbits, and yeah, geez. round four Not- is against the Panthers. So it doesn't really get too easy for the, the Eagles for a long time.
1: God help him when he plays the Cowboys, mate. Jeez. Yeah. Anyone else for Manly?
0: No, Marty Tapao is always there and thereabouts in the proper rotation, but again, you you go up or you go to a cheaper option. Um, DCE is the alternative to Nathan Cleary, I think. He's the only serious guy you consider if you're not going to start with Cleary. But um, what we were really hoping for was that Garrick would be out of the side and DC would be kicking goals, which hasn't come to fruition.
1: Yeah. Um, I still think DC will have a big role to play in the side, but losing that goal kicking there, you don't have that um, that initial, you know, additional eight to 10 points a game, which which kind of hurts him there. And no, Tommy Turbo means it's all on his back, so well, they're going to need yeah, some He didn't have Turbo
0: somewhere. at the back end of last year, and he, he played all right. He had mm-hmm. the history with Foreign where they've gone well together, but they've got to try and recapture that. But for me, the biggest one is Lachlan Croker at the nine. It's it, He's not an NRL-grade hooker. Um better than me, but he's mm. not an NRL grade hooker. And so how he's going to give them, um, you know, the service he's going to give them out of dummy half um, to create those roles and say so AFB is not there to allow that platform. They got Josh Alloway in from the, um, the Tigers, but he's not that same sort of caliber. So it's it's a, a new look side and it's going to be uh, interesting how that how Daly plays off that.
1: Well, we're going to break the record for our podcast. just wind me up? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the wind-up. Panthers and Cowboys, mate, what a cracker. This will be Saturday night. We'll be live at the Norman watching this one. Highlights for me, for the Penny, Penny Panthers team, pretty much as expected. Although, all eyes on Capewell. Kurt Capewell here starting in the second row. Liam Martin back to the bench in the 17 jersey. So, that's a, that's a surprising one for me there. Um, talk of Martin rotating through the middle as well. So, that could mean good minutes for... Kurt Capewell, but um, and even kicker. It's interested to see how that plays out there. It's a wait and watch for me. Spencer Lenny, unfortunately, lost the starting prop jersey race to Moses Leota. so Lenny will have to ply his time from the bench, and Mommy in centres. Um, but potentially the the lurking Brent Naden, who's out there on a suspension for the first month or so, would could uh, mean his time in there is short, so he'll need to kickstart pretty early on there. Obviously, uh, the Penrith side there, they went massive last year, 17 games in a row. It was huge. Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary struck a, a combination that was lethal in both both the NRL and Supercoach. Um, firstly, would you run a Cleary-Luai combination in the halves together? Yeah, I can Supercoach? see it
0: happening, and I, I know a few are. Mm-hmm. Um, both guys have the potential on either side of the field to just absolutely blow games out. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't see a problem with going
1: with that. And what a match up to start as well. Uh, we talked about a few of them, but against the Cowboys, there we've got a lot of um, a lot of question marks in our defensive line there. So I think um, if anyone's going to find them out early on in the season here, it could be um, could be the Panthers. So may get themselves off to a flyer there. Charlie Staines, he's uh, as we expected in that wing spot there. He's um, he's got a lot of face shown in him. Josh Mansell had to move on to a completely different club for how much they rate this guy here. So. Uh, just under 300k there in over 50% of sides. Um, a lot of people are just backing him in. He's in the right side, as we've said, gun attacking side. Is there any reason not to go? In?
0: Oh, it, no, just that he's over um, sort of basement or cheapy price. 300k, he's sort of pushing that boundary, but six tries in two games um, shows you what he can do and what Penrith can do. I don't see how you can't start him. And if you're on him and it fails, it fails for every other supercoacher. Yep, um, that's it. But if it's you're not, not on him and it and he goes wild, you're behind the pack. So.
1: Hmm. But that means you need to find a centre wing who's going to do that much better in his absence exactly. for you know, cut price even. So, you to got to play your cards right there. I reckon you just go with the crowd on this one. Um, elsewhere, Appy Coruscant should – well, it's an interesting one because Tyron May is on the bench there, but possibly just to fill in – in the need of injury, maybe even at centres, who knows. But Appy should be lining up for 80 minutes this year. Um, and again, like a, a cook um, in that that hooking role, he's a premium option there. When he was on last year and he was on a fair bit, he was a guy that you wanted in your side. So potential to grow there for him. Um, a guy I'm pretty high on though, James Fisher-Harris. So we mentioned that um, Moses Leota and Spencer Lenny, you were fighting it out for the starting front row spot with him there. Uh, There's not a lot of minutes, not a lot of big minutes in this um, forward rotation for for Penrith here. Matt Eisenhuth, um, he can churn him out, but um, he's played a lot of time off the bench Recently, so I reckon that means JFH is in for a much bigger role this season. The loss of Tamo, loss of Tedavano, that should open up a fair bit for them. Um, I found a way. I had him out of the side at some point this afternoon. I brought him back in. I think I've been riding him too much um, over the off season, lol. And I just can't um, can't get rid of him. So I'm pretty high on him. Is he any? Is he a guy you're going there? Uh, he
0: hasn't featured in my side, but I can see the attraction. As you said, he was already sorted in that. That gun range, um, but should get a bump in not just minutes but responsibility. He's going to be the guy leading the team from the front with um, out gone, and um, yeah, I I think he's in for another career year. He say he bumped it up a year or two ago where he came out of nowhere and really became one of the the premier props in the game. And now he's you see that photo of him in the off lifting weights or something. The the man is just an absolute machine scary. It's ridiculous. He seems to be getting bigger and bigger, um, and I think he's just going to go to the next level.
1: Hopefully, fingers crossed for Supercoach. Kurt Capewell is a guy, second row, center wing jewel, which has always been historically valuable in this game here. 400-odd um, K, so he's pretty low priced. Uh, we were all thinking at the start of the year, Martin would get the role there, given what happened in 2020, but Capewell's won it out there, obviously coming in off that origin form. Um, 400K, is this another Isaiah Yo? for the start of the year? That's the same
0: question I had um, next to him. Is he going to be this year's Isaiah AO playing in the same side? He's not playing in the middle, playing out wide, but um, Penrith can obviously score, so that's not going to be a huge issue. Showed what he can do in origin. He really starred in that, was it game three? It was huge mm. for us, for Queensland.
1: So. <laughs> yep. I think there's enough there to suggest if you want to go safe in your center wing, you'd stick him in there. As far as second row, I think um, there's a a bit to be shown for me for him um, just in terms of minutes with Martin there, just what his role is there. So I'd, I'd be holding for if you were trying to squeeze him into second row. Center wing though, I mean, he's going to probably bump you at 50 at least. So I can see the value for him there. Um, that, that's pr- geez, probably it for me. Although Spencer Lenny, I've got him in the side there at front row. I think he's two hundred odd k. He'll come off the bench, but he's got a pretty handy points per minute, so he gets the work done out there. As we said, lo- loses some time. Uh, the pennant side loses some time with uh, with the loss of Tamo. So got some minutes to fill there. I can see Lenio slowly burning out some cash rises there. So I've got him in just for the price.
0: Yeah, he's got some big wraps on him too, so he should be looking at an increase in minutes. Only played 20 minutes per game last year uh, with a PPM of 1.2. So if he pumps that up another 5 or 10, you're looking at a slow burning cow
1: realistically. And now the team we've all been waiting for, my boys, the Cowboys. Um, tongue in cheek, they will probably have a, a pretty tough night here. Scott Drink, Scott Drinkwater, he's been named at fullback, so we suspected it. We didn't, I didn't think they'd pull the trigger, but Val Holmes is on the wing. Scratches him as an option there, get him out of your side if he's in there now. Um, Hermizo at centre, so yeah, you know, he's he's got some defensive frailties to his game, but Coach Payton has shown um, his faith in him there. Interested to see what that does, super coach wise, but. Um, not a lot of base in his game from last year, so we'll need to see there. My boy Morgo talked about it last week. He's partnering up with Jake Clifford, who's at halfback. So the talk is that Morgo is going to go back to that running role, where he was uh, grand final winning and and you know all conquering. So I suspect with that um, loss of the uh, needing to steer the side around, responsibility in doing that, I reckon it might just free this guy up. So Michael Morgan, young Morgo, get him in your side, everyone. Um, Frank Molo, he gets a start at prop there. Interesting. They're just easing Josh Maguire back um, from injury. So, didn't play a lot of minutes. I think he's played one, had one training run with the side in about seven weeks, what uh, Peyton was saying. So, geez, he's uh, going to be eased back in. Good drop in price, which could be interesting. Um, Lolo named it lock, but is a candidate to lose some minutes. So, keep an eye on him. I think we've seen enough or Heard enough in the offseason to suggest that he could be moving to a reduced role, shifting out to the edge at times as well. So, for Supercoach, that basically, um, yeah, that hurts. So, we'll need to see what that does for Lolo there. No one else really of relevance on the bench there. Jake Granville's won it. Won the. Uh, s- well, backup hooking option. And Reuben Cotter is going to play as a ball-playing lock. So, interested to see his development in the side there. But um, in terms of super coach, not much doing there. How many Cowboys do you have on your side, mate? That'd be a donut. There you go. I think a lot of people will start with that. S.N. Masters, his side in the, his place in the side's always got question marks. So, I reckon you're, you're running a risk there. Won't bang on too much about it. Let's move on to the next game. This is quality stuff. This is. I won't even bother. The cheer's going to come halfway through. Um, geez, Raiders and the Tigers. So Raiders here. The the big news for me. Um, well, Simon Simonson, the the gun. He's uh, been named at the center wing as we'd expected. Everyone's got him in their side. Thank for that. Um, Jared Kroger, He hasn't made the side, so he was fighting the clock to be back in the side from round one, but he'll cool his heels for a couple more weeks it looks like so he won't be there um big one for me tom starling moves completely out of the top 17 and goes to the extended bench what does this mean for josh hodgson
0: um it looks like hodgson's healthy that's all it means um he's obviously the first choice hooker for the side they rate him highly he's you know club captain or in the leadership side um so he'll be playing big minutes in hooker. You've got Navili there in the 14, so when he comes on, the talk is that Hodgson will push to the 13 and give um, Joey Tapane a spell. So he's very, very tempting um, from everything we've heard. And it doesn't take much for this Raiders side to score, and Hodgson can be a big part of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got a history in the game of being, um, premium hooking, but that's, that's sort of a long time ago. Um, he's regressed a little bit in that, that regard there. He's, he's gone away from running so much and and more trying to chime in every now and again. So he's less cook and more, geez, I don't know, um, Jaden Braley. Sure. For me, for me, it just, um, you know, you're, you're sort of relying on him to go back to that, um, that, that, I don't know, 60-odd point average he got um, 2016, 2018, as opposed to the you know 50s that he's been knocking around since then. A lot of injuries in his game there. So he's, he's so early back into it. Um, like with Jaden Braley, they're, they're putting a lot of faith into him coming back from those injuries. So um, and I, I did have a look around trying to bring him in the side, but um, with the talk of extra minutes and that kind of thing. But for me, Hodgson's going to be a wait and watch. I suspect he'll um, start the year slowly, and I don't think we'll be jumping on him. Too soon, but that's just my gut feel. Any Raiders you like, mate? Ryan James, is he on your side? No, uh,
0: he was, um, but I don't like the way that the team has lined up for him. Um, obviously, playing in the number 17, so he's going to be coming back. Multiple knee injuries, so he's always going to come back slowly, but fighting an uphill battle for minutes against Papali, Luai. Um, you got Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead on the wing, Sutton and Soliola on the bench in front of him. It just doesn't scream like he's going to be playing a decent run. Um,
1: Sounds twenty to twenty-five minutes, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, it was sort of I was looking if he was going to get around forty, forty-five, he'd be some sort of money maker. Um, we know what he can do, but with just all those other mouths to feed, he doesn't look like he's going to get a, a decent enough run. I think he's someone that you can start without and jump on him if the role suits.
1: Yep. No, agreed. Uh, Joe Tarpany, Wenon's spoken a little bit about him in his article online. He goes, um, when he's given some starting minutes and particularly around the middle there, he can go quite large. So 500 odd K, but um, named at lock and should get plenty of minutes there this season. So he's a he's a bit of a pod, but if you, you like that sort of upside player, he could be one to go in your second row there. But the Tigers, thank God for this. Dane Laurie, 224k. He's been named at fullback, gets a first crack there. And I suspect with the naming of um, Moses Embi in the hooking role, um, he could get some time. Well, he might move back to the utility, I should say, from round two. So there was a bit of talk around that Moses Mby would steal Dane Laurie's spot at number one. They were talking about training the house down and all that sort of stuff for MBI. But do you think, based on where they've both been named, this sort of looks like Laurie's got um, an extended crack yeah. at this um, at this lineup.
0: Laurie really um, sort of hammered in his name in the in stone sort of thing in that last trial. He just absolutely destroyed it, made himself um, unable to be not picked. Um, so Moses has had to move to accommodate him. It helps that Dewey's suspended for round one, so Moses has gone into the sixth there. But they've named uh, Tommy Talao in the fourteen. Now he's a um, uh, a half by trade, I believe. So, been playing out in the wing and centres on this team, but, you know, come through the ranks as a 5'8". As a so, it looks a little bit like, um, as much as the team seems to suit Jacob Little um, with no bench hooker, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tommy Talau go into the 6 and Moses Mbai push over to the 9 to, to rest Little a bit. But in saying that, Little's still looking at around 60 minutes, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's best case scenario anyway. That little got eighty minutes. I so don't think any of us were expecting that. And um, you know, as good as that would be, temper expectations a little bit for but for a guy that's you know, running the side around from Hooker. There going to make some tackles. He's a he's a bit of a gun coming up. Two hundred and forty seven k. I think basically everyone's got him in their side. So you're doing it wrong if you don't. A uh, couple of other guys here. Joe O'Fahen Um He's yet another mid ranger that you know I was toying with and, and trying to fit in. But um, uh, in terms of riskiness, I think he's probably. Probably less so. You're you're quite high on him. He's got a good history when he's named in the starting side, which is here. So much value.
0: Yeah, I can see the value. I wouldn't say I'm exceptionally high on him, but he he dropped well off last year. Played 38 minutes a game at a 0.5 PPM. Where you know through the years he's had a 1.1, one 1.2, um, or a nine half sort of thing point per minute. Um, so he's just. His work rate was down and his points were down last year. And um, so, starting in the prop rotation, starting at prop, he, he could be up around, you know, 50 minutes. And um, he'd be a steal at that sort of range if he keeps his points per minute back up. A steal,
1: a steal, hey? A steal, yeah, oh, look, 3.40.
0: That's, that's- if he bumps his time up, say, 10 minutes and his points per minute up, um, you know, point sure. two he's going to be a huge, not so much a huge scorer, but he'll earn some good points and earn some good money.
1: That's it. His, his starting spot doesn't seem to be in jeopardy like a few of those second-row candidates, the Gajewskis and the Waddells that we talked about before. So um, he might be a safer play from round one. Um, only other name, Stefano Utoikimano, a bit of a tough one, but uh, he's been named on the bench where we expected him to be. Uh, much like Spencer Leniu, a lot of raps on this guy. Is he a guy you're just running at, 186K, plenty of room to grow.
0: Yeah, Um, I think you've got to. We don't have that many cheapies as we've already talked about. And um, Stefano was stolen from the Eels, and they weren't happy about it. So they Tigers brought him over, and um, he only played three games for the Eels last year. All of a combined less than twenty five minutes in those games. So plenty of room to grow, Um, and and I can see him getting twenty to twenty five minutes at most games possibly pushing up towards 30 even depending on how the game's going so he'll be a a slow cow he'll be
1: but he'll be a good Mm. earner there's the button mate we are into the home stretch it's been a long pod we've still got one more game to go and then we'll finally draw the winner of the ring this final game, Dragons and Sharks, geez, what a uh, what a way to cap the the round off. Um, let's do this one in three minutes, mate. Classic three minutes. Shout out, Benny G. Dragons, I'll do them. You can do the Sharks. Dragons, not a whole lot to be excited about. Fui Maono, we did mention earlier in the pod. He's been named at lock, 260-odd K. Thankfully for him, he's not parking himself on the edge, getting nothing done. So hopefully a bit of upside for him there. But again, um, you who knows what's going to happen with this dragon side long-term and what's doing there with a minute. So a wait and see for me, Cody Ramsey on the wing over Jordan Pereira. Good to see Ramsey, although he's 350 K he's an attacking weapon. So hopefully for them, that's some good signs. Um Poza Farmer Silly, unfortunately missed the starting spot there. Some talk about him possibly getting that um second row spot there, but he'll find himself on the bench there. Alvaro and Marin are also there as well. Blake Laurie moves into prop, a bit of um, potential value for him there. He spent a bit of time off the bench to start the year last season, but moved into the front row and proved pretty handy there. A good base game. Um, he's priced around the 450 odd K mark. So if he can get some consistent minutes there, Laurie's definitely got a, a base stat game that'll bank him some cash. Um, outside of that, Braden Willie Army named at 17. So, you've got bird cover potentially here there. So, geez, even once Mary's moved on, they still managed to stick a random center on their their bench. Must so, be written
0: into the coaching contract or something.
1: <laughs> I don't get it. It's a Tim Sheen's kind of move there from old. But, um, yeah, interesting play there. Willie Army, if he gets, you know, two-minute games here and there, he'll uh, become bargain basement soon enough. So, who knows? Could be an option down the track. Not a lot there there's um tickling my fancy for the dragons I think Fumona is probably the most interesting one there but I think looking at him last season he's just um he just doesn't get a lot of work done there although we'll have a bit of time in the middle so Fui yeah surely gets a 30 in base um, yeah he hasn't done it before but yeah
0: he's going to be someone I watch and I'll jump on him at round three if it if it warrants it but it could be just as easily replaced by them the Sharks, what's happening? The Sharks, not much. It's not much of an exciting game on both ends for Supercoach. So um, Moylan is the the big man there. Everybody's sort of looking at him and how he's going to go in the number six. He's only 255, 254K, um, but they've got Tracy on the bench in the 14. Again, I think it's just probably for cover because we know what Matt Moylan's like. So Connor Tracy's there, your boy. Yeah. Um, mm. Otherwise, Fifi didn't get named. He's sitting in the number twenty, so he's outside that seventeen. The talk there is he's got uh, some sort of calf concern. So he looked great in the All Stars game, but they've got a bit of a calf concern over him. So they're just playing, um, playing it safe. Rudolph has been named at lock, but did that numerous times last year. Only to be switched out on game day. So watch for that one, Stilesy shout out. He'll be yeah, he'll be the man to <laughs> let you know that. Um, And the only other thing of interest for me in this side was that um, Talakai wasn't named. So still dealing with some off-season niggles. Should be back next week, possibly the week after. Um, But where he fits in, whether he takes that role from Nakora again, who
1: knows. Oh, the sound of rejoicing. We finally got through all eight games of Teamless Tuesday. Matt, I said we'd go through captains. Let's keep it quick. I've gone uh, James Tedesco, VC, Nathan Cleary. C. who have you got?
0: I was doing the same. I was That's what I was looking at. Um, but just quickly, as I mentioned earlier, Gutho versus Brisbane is very tempting. He scored 124 and 114 on the Bronx last season. Um, and all year they allowed 75 points per game to fullbacks. So he's a really good play if you want to go that route.
1: Love it. And finally, mate, we've uh, said at the top of the pod we would draw out the winner of the Supercoach Mega Guide ring for uh, 2021. So everyone who bought a Mega Guide went into the running here. I'm going to do a drum roll. Let's get Let's the draw check it out. going. let Yep.
0: I'm just going to go through the list. I'm picking it at random. And Marcus Longfoot. Congratulations. Big Marcus. Big Marcus Congratulations. Longfoot. Great name. How Great good. Name too. So we'll be in contact, Marcus, and we'll get you that ring out.
1: How good mate, congratulations, Marcus, and thank you, everyone, who's bought a copy of the guide in the off season. It's been a great cause; over seven hundred bucks to going to Movember there. So that brings us to the end of the SC report for round one. It's been an absolute um, marathon, Lakey. an hour and forty-five. Jeez, we've uh, definitely broken our PB in terms of pods but we sort of had to it's it's, it's round first, one first
0: twi- first weekend of the year there's a lot to go through a lot to digest so break this up over a couple of uh, lunches if need be guys but, um, a lot of good information
1: Take those AirPods into the work toilet stalls, mate, Um, (laughs) or noise-canceling headphones. Whatever it may be, hopefully you get through this one. In time for round one, Thursday, we're kicking off. Should be a great week. On the site, we're going to have all the gear for you. So, Wenin's Team's analysis dropped tonight. Supercoach for Dummies, that goes out Wednesday night. And you're on board, mate, to do your regular Thursday captain's article. And we'll, of course, have the late mail on Friday from Stilesy. And then next week, we'll be back to normal resumption. We'll have the Sunday pod. I've got a revolving door of guests to kick off the year it should be great and we'll have wilfred back with his minutes we'll have carlos back with buy sell hold it's all happening it's all here it's christmas christmas has come round one how good lakey love it good to be back guys it is great we will see you next week